Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Now, it's Gabe time. Gabe Kuhn. Gabe Kuhn was one of the great little trivial nuggets in all football bios. His grandfather was the inventor of the Easy Bake Oven. Like a boss, the best lineman on the radio. Well, the only lineman on the radio. It's Gabe time. Game time. We're ready. The Gabe Kuhn Show. 92.9 FM ESPN. Rolling Tuesday, December 19, 2023. Welcome in to the Gabe Coon Show. I am your host on the official return of John Morant to the floor. I'm Gabe Coon. Former Memphis Tiger offensive lineman on X at G underscore Coon 71. I know my man, Connor Dunning, executive producer of the Gabe Coon Show, is enjoying himself because we get to see John Morant play basketball tonight. He's on X at C Dunning 9 tonight. Connor, what's the word, man? How, how fired up. How could you not be? Fired up, Gabe. How could you not be? Entertainment, fun, hopefully a a team that looks more revitalized is on the way from now forward. I'm just happy the NBA season is back. Uh, I'm not sure what's happened the previous months, but it definitely hasn't been NBA basketball. The season starts tonight. Yes. For the Grizzlies. Yes. It's, is, are they 0-0? Zero 0-0. Zero? <laughs> zero zero. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm men in black wiping my mind from the first 25 games. Yeah, to be honest with you, I know they're 6-19, but like from this day forward, this is when I really measure like win and loss. You know, I, I'm not interested in the play-in. We'll get to that in a second. Um, and then I'll play off basketball in general, but if they can go... Over 500, maybe even win 60% of their games the rest of the way. You feel really damn good about where this team's going to be at going into next year. That does not preclude them from making moves and doing all these different things. But having Ja back on the floor, the entertainment value, the fun night to night is back. I'm and so and that in itself so just, just does, I think, give us a, a positive feel about this Grizzlies team, even though they are 6-19. and 19. I think I, I speak for just about everybody out there. Yeah, these first 25 games have been miserable. But having Ja back on the floor sort of alleviates a lot of pain from the first 25. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. His first, the first body he catches will heal, will heal the wounds of the first 25. It'd be, it'd be fun if it was tonight. I think he's going to headhunt. I really do. <laughs> Dude, I really do. First game back, you think he's just going to go try to Why the hell not? throw one down on somebody's head, immediately yes. Zion's yes, head? Okay, we'll see. Oh, I don't, I don't know about Zion because he's ducking. Yeah, we'll see. We will see. 
But I am interested to see how it goes tonight. Um, but we have two hours of talk on the way courtesy of 92.9 FM ESPN and yours truly because we're going to pass you off to the return of John Morant on the Memphis Grizzlies radio network. Um, obviously on the road against the Pelicans. It'll be on TNT. And also, did I see it'll be on Max as well? I believe it'll be on Max. Okay. I think so. I can double check that. But I saw a graphic that said Max. So, But, but we'll pass you off at 6 o'clock to uh, Gary Darby for pregame. Of course, tip will be at 6.30. It's, it's, it's a phenomenal day in the city. And, and not just for the reason um, that we're talking about with Ja returning to the floor. There's some other things going on in the city that, that are relatively positive. We have Memphis versus Virginia we'll talk about. Um, the, the city council, the, the vote is going to take place today on transferring over ownership of Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium to the University of Memphis from the city of Memphis. Now, I'll give you the details here in just a moment before we get to Ja um, and, and, and Memphis versus Virginia. Um, but also with Ja coming back, we do have to have – um, hey, we, we get into an echo chamber, I think, at times within the city of Memphis. Sometimes you have to get a national thought process. You have to get somebody who does national radio, and we're bringing on Evan Cohen. Um, you hear him every morning with Unsportsmanlike. He is a third of the hosts on Unsportsmanlike. He will join at 4.30. Um, and we'll talk very, very heavily about the return of John Morant, what it means, how do we measure success. All of those different questions will be answered by Evan Cohen um, outside of the city. Sometimes I think you need a voice from outside of the city to sort of let you know what the national thought process is on this Memphis Grizzlies team. Jeff Calkins at 5 o'clock. We'll talk a lot about Ja as well. Take a trip around the NFL at 534. We get out of here with small talk. Small talk will lead you straight into pregame with Gary Darby on the Memphis Grizzlies radio network. But the city council vote's taking place today. Um, this is interesting. Sam Hardiman from uh, uh, the Daily Memphian has been all over this. Uh, we're, we're sort of waiting um, on a official announcement that Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium is going to be transferred to the University of Memphis. The ownership is going to be transferred to the University of Memphis. Now, there was a non-binding committee vote on city council today. Um, all but one were yes. The one no was council chair Martavius Jones, a guy who, who has been sort of on that same uh, thought process that they don't necessarily just want to transfer the, the Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium over to the University of Memphis uh, without some type of guarantee, I don't really get the thought process because, again, Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium, uh, the Liberty Bowl before that, it has been a, a liability for the city to take care of. They throw a lot of money at it. They have a debt that they have accrued because of it. And it's just strange to see him standing on that. You have questions about why he's doing that. Uh, but Martavius Jones, in that non-binding committee vote, was the only no. Uh, they're hammering out the final details. A vote will take place today and likely we will see Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium in the hands of the University of Memphis before long, and I just think that is overwhelmingly positive. I know it gets eclipsed by Ja returning, but I have to mention that off the top of the show because I find it to be, um, you know, it, it, it would be an A story on any other normal day. Um, the fact that you're likely going to get the renovations done and the, and the University of Memphis can finally control what they, they need to when it comes to that stadium. Yeah, and then, you know, on top of that, I just think that it allows for conversations to continue with the Memphis Grizzlies about their renovations and making sure that they stay in the city of Memphis. So this vote going through and it being approved just allows for so many things in the city that need to happen to go ahead and move forward with progress. That's that's what this is. Don't stand in the way of progress. I don't understand why anybody would be against this thing right now. You know, we talked to Jeff about it during the week where, you know, it was a, the discussions were being had, and I think... I understand why they may want to just, you know, 
cross the T's and dot the I's, but you can do that while still voting it through and saying, hey, let's just make sure that we're going to, that we have everything, all the details here together. But I think when you really look at it, it makes no sense to be against it. So I'm just happy that it's going to go through. It needs um, to. And for those that are wondering about J.B. Smiley, who was uh, one who wanted uh, a, a, a spot on the uh, U of M uh, foundation board, he has withdrawn that. So uh, it looks like J.B. Smiley voted it through in that non-binding uh, vote, and he has completely said, "I screw it." He must Let's have just checked his, this uh, thing over. He must have checked his Twitter mentions. Well, also, and I yes, and I, I Martavius Jones gotten some uh, Twitter mentions of his own. It's kind of strange that he is still on on the no side of this thing. And it just I, to be honest with you, he is going against what his constituents actually want, and that's strange. You get voted into these these seats. Uh, people put you in these seats because they feel like you're going to act in the city's best interest and their best interest. And Martavius Jones is standing on his business. I'll give him that at the very least. But I don't know why he has chosen to be a, a no when it comes to transferring over the ownership of Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium to the University of Memphis. The city has struggled with the thing for too long. Let the, uh, the University of Memphis take it over. Um, so, you know, in the end of the day, they can, uh, they can handle all of the ills that we have complained about over the years. I feel like there's just going to be a more tender, loving care from the University of Memphis' side of Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium than there ever has been from the city. You I think so. most people tend to agree with that. Yeah. Because it, it should be on the forefront of what they need to care about, whereas the city of Memphis has a lot of other things, crime, everything else, to care about. Yeah. We can start by making sure the dumpsters are emptied before, you know, the game. That's 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 pretty important. Simple. And not overflowing. Not overflowing. When that, I'm when I'm driving off Southern, yeah. taking a right into the stadium, I don't want to see a bunch of trash stacked up right there. And also, it is frustrating to have to uh, reach out to the University of Memphis and ask why that is the case. And they're like, we 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 don't do anything about that. That's the city of Memphis. Now they can take care of that. Instead of uh, passing off blame, passing the buck. Right. Well, it's just nice that it will be looked at as more of a priority now for the organization that is in charge of it. Mm-hmm. It's yes. as simple as that. 100%. 100%. So hopefully before the show is over today, we have a final answer on if Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium will be in the hands of the University of Memphis. My guess is it absolutely will by the end of the show, but we will decide. Um, uh, they will decide if we'll get that news before the show is over today. Now we also have Memphis versus Virginia tonight. I know again, normally an A story, but with Ja coming back, it's not. This is going to be a battle. Something has to give battle. Um, when you look at uh, pace of play, uh, Virginia is dead last in possessions per game in the entire country. Memphis is 47th. Memphis is trying to get up and down the floor, use their length, use their athleticism, try to get knockaways, uh, get out on the other end, get in transition, whereas Virginia is going to play in the half court. Now, here's the question that I've been asked a whole lot about this Virginia team. How good are they in the half court? How good are they at generating offense in the half court? To be honest with you, they're solid. They're not bad. They take advantage of most every possession, as most Tony Bennett teams uh, do. But this is not... The, the premier Virginia offense that we've seen of the past. When they won the national championship, I mean, we had the DeAndre Hunters of the world, the Kyle Guys of the world. You just kept going up and down that roster, and you found offensive player after offensive player, guys that could knock down threes. Um, this team's solid. They're not that. Um, they shoot 38% from three, which is very solid. They hold their opponents to 26% from three, so that does show you their, their defensive prowess. But again, this is about who is going to control pace. In the end of the day, 
I, I know that you could just sort of drag and drop this for every team that plays Virginia because Virginia plays a style of college basketball that a lot of other teams have tried to get away with or have tried to get away from in sort of the, the current nature, the, the where we're at in college basketball, present-day college basketball. But whoever can control pace. If the Tigers can speed up Virginia, you feel good about the Tigers winning. If Virginia can slow down the Tigers, you feel good about Virginia winning. So we're just going to have to see how that goes. A couple of guys that the Tigers are going to have to take care of. Reese Beekman has been very, very good so far this year. Um, he is a, uh, he's a guard, 6'3", 194 pounds, um, uh, averages about 12 points per game. Uh, he's not much of a three-point shooter, but he's done a good job of spreading the ball around. He has 5.7 assists per game. He's going to be the guy with his hands on the ball consistently. Isaac McNeely is another good player. Um, he's the guy that you have to pay attention to from the three-point line. He has been phenomenal. Get a hand in this guy's face every chance you get. Isaac McNeely, he's, he wears number 11, 6'4". He's a guard. He's going to play on the wing. Do you know what his uh, percentage is from the three-point line this year? I do. Connor? It's 55.1% from three. Get a hand in his face. He, is, he, he feels like most of the reason, his percentages, he feels like most of the reason Virginia has been a very solid three-point shooting team so far this year. Right, again, right around 37 38%. That is the guy I think they need to focus in on and make sure he does not get open looks because he will kill you from out there. I think that when we look at uh, sort of the comparisons from the Clemson game to what we're going to see tonight, I don't expect the Tigers to shoot four for 26. On the same hand, I don't expect the Tigers to only turn the ball over six times. Virginia's going to press up in your face, make you uncomfortable on the defensive end, so you're going to have to make sure you take care of the ball at a high level. Javon Quinterly is going to be of highest importance tonight. But I expect the Tigers to have a better three-point shooting game tonight, um, and hopefully they can control pace. And I think, you know, uh, that leads me to believe this game will end positively. And hopefully the crowd's really solid. I know it's a weeknight. I know it's a Tuesday Usually we don't get down to FedEx Forum as well on a, on a weeknight, um, but we're approaching the holidays. Hopefully we can fill out the stadium same way uh, or at least similarly to what we saw on Saturday against Clemson. Yeah, you know, all the metrics seem to be leaning the way of the Tigers right now. The matchup predictor has it a 62% chance for the Tigers to win the game. Like you said, I think that they're a three-and-a-half-point favorite tonight when you go and you look at the books, and it is quite literally a battle of opposing, you know, ideologies of how to play basketball one of them is going to just slow it down you talked about you know the the pace rankings in Kempom it's it's even more stark of a difference the Tigers are 19th in Kempom pace rankings and Virginia is 316th (laughs) it's you know it's a pretty big difference of style of play uh, with the Tigers tonight, we we say it all the time, but sometimes basketball is a very simple sport and trying to analyze it or preview it or break it down I think it's quite literally going to be which team's game gets played tonight. If it's yes. a faster pace, the Tigers are going to be doing well. If they slow it down, I think the Tigers can still be successful in that, but it will definitely be the way UVA wants to play, and it will lean their direction. Because the Tigers' defense is very good. That's yes. the one thing coming into this is that the Tigers do play a faster pace, but it's not necessarily led by their offense. It's really defense leading to offense. So I'm curious to see how it goes. It's going to be fascinating. It's it's it. it I mean, it might be a rock fight, but at the same time, the Tigers could go on a run here. You know, it's just, it's got a lot of potential to be an interesting game. But here's the thing about the Tigers. Like, I I, I don't think that if it really slows down and if Virginia does dictate pace, I don't think that the Tigers are just absolutely going to get blown out of the No, no, not at all. I still think they can be in that type of game because I think that this team in particular, this set of circumstances they have, 
They have a lot of depth. They have really good offensive players. They have decent three-point shooters, although they haven't shot as well the past couple of games. Um, I feel like even if the, the pace does slow down, they have a capability like they haven't had under Penny Hardaway to play better half-court offense than they ever have. They have a guy who can set it up in Javon Quinterly. They have a certifiable and especially in the starting lineup, a certifiable bucket getter. I mean, he's, and one, David of best, Jones, he's one of the best in the, in, in the, in the country. In the country, yeah. Well, I mean, I definitely the in the conference, but um, <laughs> definitely in the country. Um, he, he, can, he can score at all three levels. You feel comfortable about that. Um, you do worry about bigs just because the front court has been, um, without Jordan Brown, you've been a little bit uncomfortable. But Malcolm Danger just stepped up. He's finished around the rim. Um, he has finished possessions on the defensive end by getting boards. Um, Nick Jordan definitely shows up. And then you have guys off the bench. Jaquan Walton, Caleb Mills, Jalen Young can show a little bit of offensive prowess. I think this team, even if the game gets slowed down into Virginia's favor, I still feel like their half-court offense can succeed. That's something that is different. This team can win in different ways. We saw it against Clemson, number 13 team in the country. You shoot four for 26. You only turned the ball over six times, but you were unbelievable on the defensive end. You got out in transition. You used a lot of effort. You used a lot of intensity. But there's also those types of games where the Tigers do enforce their pace, get up and down the floor, score a lot of points. But this team, with the talent they have, with the experience they have, has the ability to win in different ways. So even if they get dragged down into the mud, I'm not – completely closing the door on them going and beating this team tonight. Yeah, totally agree. And right now, when you go and you look at bracketology, they're a fifth seed. Yep. They're a five seed right now. So it's a massive, massive opportunity to feel like you can kind of lock it. Because, you know, getting a win over Virginia and then you take care of business in your next one, it does feel like that would put you in the getting out of the seven, eight, nine seeds that, you, yes. you know, it, it I think completely prevents you from falling into that. It's, you know, we've talked about it. Penny's schedule has worked out exactly as he had hoped. His plan was quite, was quite brilliant going yes. into the season and the team stepped up and they've performed. So continue that tonight, execute in the half court when you're going to have to play hard nosed defense and you've got a shot to win the game. They've got all the Just talent. Think about to win this the game. team. You largely came into this year thinking Jordan Brown was going to be a focal point of the team and still they're winning ball games. They're eight and two, three wins over top 25 teams, six wins over Ken Palm top hundred. They have really shown their, their, their ability, regardless of the situation they've been dealt with Jordan Brown. And now Naquan Tomlin has officially been signed. Yes, he is. And with that bracketology that you mentioned, Joe Lenardi has him as a five seed. CBS Sports' Jerry Palm, a four seed. And then Michael DeCourcy from Fox Sports, a three seed hey. right now. So I'm telling you, if they are able to go win this game tonight, um, I, I one, I don't know when the next time they'll will really feel uh, – that they'll lose because you're going to get into conference play, and we know the conference isn't that great. Um, but ultimately, I uh, I feel good about that that you know seed continuing to rise, and I feel a lot better about the fact that Naquan Tomlin is signed in that front court. Seemingly, once you get him involved, will be figured out. You'll be in a really good spot because his style just lends itself to being a. I think it'll be a seamless transition, seamless fit. Yeah, it's just it's pretty crazy how this all turned out when the Jordan Brown news was first announced um, that he was sick and still is sick. Uh, it was not good because you were like, uh-oh, the ceiling of this team has all of a sudden gone down. But with Tomlin, part of me feels like that ceiling might actually be higher now than it was with Jordan Brown, which yes, is interesting. And, that, uh, and but it I'll mostly say this, style of play. And, and also, I think that you, we say that now with the benefit of hindsight, seeing what sure, Jordan Brown yeah. and the style that he could not play, getting up and down the floor. Uh, you, we know his conditioning was not the same. 
Uh, but Naquan Tomlin plays that style. He's comfortable in that style. Did it with K-State last year. Got them, helped get them to an Elite Eight. He was in double digits every game of the tournament last year. So I, I, I feel good about his fit and the transition there. Um, now before we get to Ja, and then ultimately Evan Cohen on Ja. Again, from unsportsmanlike, you hear him every morning uh, right here on 92.9 FM ESPN. Memphis football. I know some people have sort of stopped paying attention, at least until the AutoZone Liberty Bowl hits on the 29th at 2.30. But when you look at what they're doing right now, this staff is doing after a 9-3 and season, an improvement of a season, they're doing a hell of a job on the transfer portal. And it starts with, over the weekend, and I didn't really mention this yesterday, Mario Anderson Jr., who is a running back from South Carolina, ran for about 750 yards there. He was... He got down to his final three. We talked about it on the show. It was USC, Oklahoma, and Memphis. And what did the University of Memphis do? They ended up getting him to commit he should sign relatively soon. And he picked Memphis over USC and Oklahoma. Now, I, I at first, you just look at that and you think it's surprising. But on the back end, when you start to realize sort of what this school has meant, what this program has meant to running backs. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. You realize, hey, Mario Anderson sees he can get, regardless, you, you may think you go to USC or Oklahoma to potentially get to the NFL a little bit easier. If you're a running back and you run for 1,000 yards and you get a majority of the carries at Memphis, it's been shown you can be a day two, early day three pick. We've seen it multiple times. Antonio Gibson, Tony Pollard, Daryl Henderson, just keep going down the list. I mean, Patrick Taylor Jr. still kicking around the league. He was an undrafted free agent. You can get to the NFL – um, in a similar fashion at the, at the position of running back at Memphis, um, just like you can at USC and Oklahoma. And I think if you're Mario Anderson Jr. and you look at USC and Oklahoma, it's more likely that you'd get lost in the shuffle of other running backs and you may have to split carries. At the University of Memphis, he's not going to have to split carries. But this was a massive get for them because you're coming off a year where you had your 1,000-yard rusher in Blake Watson. He's off to the NFL. You had to find somebody else to take that low, to take that production on. And I think Mario Anderson Jr. is that guy. He's 5'9". They list him at uh, 210 pounds. He ain't 210 pounds. He is a load. He is, he is, 
He does not get taken down easily. I'd probably, if I'm doing my guesstimation, probably around 220, 225 pounds. But if you watched him at South Carolina, what you can expect is a guy who will not get taken down by arm tackles and a guy who will get those tough yards. He doesn't necessarily have that breakaway speed, but that didn't stop him against Tennessee from breaking off a 75-yard run and taking off and not getting caught. Sorry, I know uh, I know Connor's a Tennessee fan, but in the end of the day, that was a massive get. And then also... We just sort of go down the list. They got a kicker in Caden Costa, who is at Ole Miss. I know Ole Miss fans are not the biggest fan of him, but he was relatively consistent in 2021, 14 for 17, long of 50, 46 for 48 of extra points. He hasn't really um, – he hasn't been the lead kicker there at Ole Miss the last two years, so that's, that's something you have to pay attention to. They have a punter, Joshua Sloan from UTEP, who was the starting guy for four years. And then, uh, I mean, you keep going down the list. Richard Kinley is a DN from Middle Tennessee State who got a lot of uh, run when he was at Middle Tennessee State. He's actually the brother of Cameron Kinley. If you, if you remember Cameron Kinley, uh, who went to Navy, is from the city. He had six and a half sacks, Richard Kinley, while he was at Middle Tennessee. P.J. Lucas from Indiana, 6'3", 330 pounds. He's a run stuffer, big guy, space eater. They got a guy from Holmes Community College at D-Tackle, very similar size to P.J. Lucas. Um, and then offensive line is something we have been uh, really wanting to hammer home here. And they got a, a really big uh, piece of news today. Trent Holler, who's an interior offensive lineman who is a starter of uh, double-digit games at Marshall, he can play center, he can play right guard, he can play left guard. Uh, they got Keydrell Lewis, who is a tackle, big old tackle, from uh, Louisiana Monroe. He was a starter of double-digit games at Louisiana Monroe. Uh, they got a linebacker by the name of Javante Mackey from Arkansas State. Got to see him earlier in the year. 84 tackles in his freshman season, and he's only going to be a sophomore. So as you start to just sort of pay attention to what this Memphis football program is doing on the recruiting trail, it's hard not to be positive, Connor. I'm going to be completely honest with you. Their transfer portal ranking, according to rivals right now, is 24th in the country. That's up there right behind Colorado, who is sort of the darling of the transfer portal season, getting all these offensive linemen, bringing in Will Shepard from Vanderbilt, their lead receiver. So they're right there by Colorado, and it's going under the radar in a lot of ways. And I I just want to bring it to the forefront because this staff, the last two seasons, has realized, yeah, we're going to lose things in the transfer portal, but we have to gain more than we lose. And I feel like to this point so far, they have done that. Yeah, and then on top of it, you retain Seth Hennigan and you retain guys like Rock, Rock Taylor. Taylor. You hopefully. Know? So it's, yeah, hopefully. It looks like it it's, looks it's like it. that way, especially, I mean, from his but, social media. Uh, but I'll say this just from experience and seeing what happened with Caden Prescorn going to Ole Miss last transfer portal season. You never know till it's over. Right. And you never know. We get into spring ball. He get, there's another offer on the table. We get some collusion well, there. For what now, happens. based for on now, what he has said. Rock Taylor says he will be in a Tiger uniform <laughs> yes. going, ne- going yes. into next season. So, as of right now, I am going to give them credit for retaining Rock Taylor. No, it's been a good offseason for the Tigers. And it does feel like next season is a big one because it is going to be a little bit more open in the conference. And you want to have a team that can capitalize on that. Yep. And now to the story of the day. Jaws return to the floor. I'm excited as anybody out there. Um, and largely it's because these first 25 games of this season have been about as abysmal and depressing as I've ever seen from a Memphis Grizzlies basketball team. Now, did we always know there was a light at the end of the tunnel with John Moran coming back, with getting guys healthy like Marcus Smart and Luke Kennard? Yes. But actually putting him on the floor 
and seeing the positive strides that this team can make from this day forward, it gives me more positivity than I've had in quite a while around this Grizzlies team, especially since last year's um, early out against the Lakers. I I just want to see this team move in a positive direction for the rest of this season. Now, it's going to be tough. I think they're, you know, top five and remaining strength of schedule. I don't know exactly what the win-loss record is going to look like. If you are one that wants to see them in the play-in, they're probably going to have to win 60% of the rest of their games to go do that. I don't know if that's in the books. Um, But ultimately, I mentioned this yesterday, I am not a warrior about postseason basketball this year. I, I don't much care or subscribe to the conversations about that. If this team handles what they need to handle, bring back the entertainment value, uh, find a couple of wins when they need to find wins, um, if, if they start to mesh better, if they start to have fun, I think those things will take care of themselves. But even more so than the wins and losses, I just want to see all of the abstract thoughts come back to uh, – come back to sort of normal, where they were the last two years when they were winning 50 games and they were second in the West. Have some fun. Find some camaraderie. Those are the things that will dictate whether I think the rest of this season is a success or not. I don't think I'm going to deem success or not by if they make it into the plan, if they make it into postseason basketball. Just get to the end of the season relatively healthy, be playing good basketball, and be around 500. And I think that's a huge win. For after John Morant comes back. Today, a stat's been floating around NBA Twitter about games with five or more players out in 2023-24. The Grizzlies, 22. (laughs) Second team, 10. Yep. That is how devastated this team has been by injuries this season. And that's why... And they're still devastated, don't get it twisted, but having John Morant sure. back he certainly means is. a lot. And we've, got, we've gotten reports from Michael Wallace yesterday. It appears that Marcus Smart is planning to try to make a return to the Grizzlies sometime this week and maybe against the Pacers. So that would be, that would be or I guess on Thursday against right. the Pacers. Yes, that there's would be positive strides there. Very positive there. And then you hope Luke Kennard, after they reevaluate him, he can come back here relatively soon too. But this, that's just why I haven't been subscribing to the conversations that completely ignore the injuries this year and saying, yeah. well, that's just an excuse. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. It is an excuse. <laughs> it's a fair excuse. It's a fair excuse. They've had five or they've had 22 games or five or more players have missed time with injury. And one, and, not, and that does not include the John Moran right. suspension, by the way. So that really makes it six six players that have been out for 22 games this season for the Grizzlies. I understand that they have roster issues, and I understand that you know you can. some have been saying that the coaching staff might not have been maximizing the roster that they did have healthy. And I'm not necessarily disagreeing with either of those points. I am just saying that I am curious to see what this team looks like with John Moran out there, what it looks like with Ja. Dez and Jaron all playing at the same time because they are going to make it look a lot better when it's the three of them. Yeah. I am curious to see how John Morant's play changes how guys like Vince Williams Jr. look out there. I think some open looks in the corner are due I for Vince Williams. I think some corner threes are coming. I think yes. some corner threes are coming for him. But Santi Aldama is going to get more spacing out there. That's going to be the thing. It's just the offense is going to automatically become better because you have a true floor general out there who can not only create for himself but for others, and he can put 40 on you at well, any point. He changes the way that defenses will approach the Memphis Grizzlies. Tripp is peak peaking at the right time. Dez is playing like an all-star. I think it's going to look a lot better than it has for the first 25 and games. And this does before. not mean everything is fixed. Their front no, court is still all. decimated. There's no Brandon Clark. There's no Steven Adams. I don't expect that to get any better the rest of the year. Bismack Biombo can only do so much. We get that. 
But when we talk about the offensive woes this team has gone through in the early season, so much gets fixed by John Morant being on the floor. His ability as a one, as one man to go collapse a defense, get points in the paint that the Grizzlies have struggled with, they're dang near dead last in the NBA, points in the paint and scoring around the rim, that changes immediately. And I think it puts, puts more pressure on opposing teams, puts more pressure on opposing defenses, and that's what you want to see. But ultimately, I, I think the, the point I really want to get across is I, and you don't have to subscribe to the same thought as me, I am less worried about postseason play and making a run at this thing. I am more worried about can this team get back to having fun? Can we see smiles on their faces every night? Can you get a few more wins? Can you get that swagger you had? And I don't mean to bring this up in a negative light. Last night's game I thought was relatively poetic. It was the last game without Ja. You're playing the Thunder. I don't know if you noticed this, Connor. The Thunder... Have the swag that the Grizzlies had previous to all this nonsense. No fear. They clown the other team. I mean, Chet just absolutely baptized Jaron Jackson Jr. last night with a block. Uh, Shy um, had Jaron running suicides uh, on a, on a pull-up uh, mid-range shot. Um, the entertainment value of that team is high. And also, what struck me about that team and what has struck me about that team, they're a young team. But the level of consistency is there. They, they beat the, the Grizzlies 116-97. to 97. The last two years, I can't think of a game where this Grizzlies team against an opponent that was that bad, you know, 6-19, and 19, how the Grizzlies are right now. Um, I can't remember a game where they played an opponent like that the past couple of years when they're winning 50 games where the Grizz left a bunch of doubt in winning those games. The, the consistency was there. And to add to it, the Thunder came off of a buzzer beater win against Denver. They could have had they had an emotional high. They could have had a letdown. It could have been a trap situation. And they still capitalized on their home floor and took care of business. I feel like that's what we've seen from the Grizzlies the last two years. That's what you want to see them get back to. Yeah, become the apex predator again. Yep. You know, they used to be one of the apex predators in the NBA. They were hunting people. The teams did not want to play the Grizzlies because there was an attitude that they brought to the game. They were physical and they would beat your ass. There were many games where the Grizzlies blew people out. They would win by 20 all the time. That was, that was a normal occurrence. They beat the Thunder by what, 73? Yes. And that was two years ago, by the way. And there was five. I, I, saw, I saw a Thunder reporter sort of put this out there. There was five players that were on that Grizzlies team that played last night. And obviously it was a blowout in th- the Thunder's fashion. But Grizzlies two years ago were beating that same team 70 by 73. Yeah. But I think with Ja back, you need to establish your culture for moving yes. forward because I do think that it is a bit true that with the people that you have lost in, you know, with Dylan going and then you don't have Steven Adams there, Brandon Clark hasn't been playing, you have lost a bit of your edge in the culture that you had out there on the court. You've lost some of that hard-nosed basketball that teams were used to you playing. You can get that back with having Jaw out there. It's going to be a little bit different. It's not going to be the same, but with the addition of Vince Williams Jr., Make a consolidation move at some point. That's one thing I do want to see yes. too. I do. I yeah. do. Need They're going. To there's going to have to be. Like to. And they should listen. When we get to the trade deadline, they should they should be fielding calls about sure. certain guys on the roster. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't think you should be saying no and not and not picking up the phone. There there should be there should be exploring of options because I think one thing that has been very apparent about this roster with John all these injuries is those auxiliary pieces are not good enough. Yes. No. So you have true. to make some moves to get them to be good enough going into the future. There are only three players that you don't laugh at other teams when they call. 
and it's it, it's it's if they call and they ask about Ja, Dez, or Trip, you laugh at him. Yes. You said no, thank you, and yes. you hang up the phone. Everybody else, you listen. Yes, you listen. I that think includes I, Marcus Smart, Luke Kennard, right? And I I personally believe that those two should stay on the team moving forward. But I could see a scenario in which their value may be what the Grizzlies need to get a move done here. You yep. know, so I just want to see bring back hope. Bring yep. back hope for next season. Give us a lot at the end of the season. Fun, tunnel. entertainment, and value, say, Listen, all that. This season was a disaster. It was a season from hell. We had to pay for the sins of the last few years of this Grizzlies team, of the front office, the coaching staff, roster moves, Jaws behavior, all that and more. And next season, we can start anew. Just just let the last part of this season be cleansing with John Morant being back. And how about no drama? That would be sick, too. That That would be fantastic. That would be fantastic. Now it's time to get another opinion on this um, from someone who uh, does some national radio with ESPN. That would be Evan Cohen. Uh, he does Unsportsmanlike, uh, the the morning show that we play every day here on 92.9 FM ESPN. And we're going to talk about Jaws' return. What's his opinion on it? He's next right here on the Gabe Coon Show. Yeah. Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline. Now back to the Gabe Coon Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. I got fake people showing fake love to me straight up to my face. Straight up to my face. Back rolling on the Gabe Coon Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. And joining me now, we have John Morant coming back, so you know it's national news. Uh, from Unsportsmanlike Morning Show with ESPN Radio, it's Evan Cohen at Evco Radio on X. Evan, how's it going, man? Dave, how are you? I am doing well. I am doing well. Now, not only we'll talk about Jaw here in a second. I, I saw um, because I got a kick out of it. We, uh, we, you guys at least, you sent uh, you sent your producer on a spa day today this morning. Yeah. So we are fortunate enough to be in South Florida this week at right. ESPN West Palm. And this was amazing. So Nuno is our producer. Right. And so let me just describe Nuno. Nuno is the guy that always wanted to be in sports radio, worked his butt off to get into sports radio after working literally a job as a car salesman, customer service jobs. He worked <laughs> in the fraud industry, nice. which literally he told me the other day, he goes, I was in fraud. I was like, what do you mean you were, like, you, you committed fraud? fraud? Yeah. And, like, he wasn't able to communicate the fraud in this, whatever. He did something in fraud without committing. So this is a guy that, like us, wanted to be in this industry forever, right? Also, like, probably everyone listening to 92.9, right? That just sits there and just like, oh, God, Gabe is the best job ever. He gets to talk about sports every single day, and John's coming back at her. So Nuno's this guy, like, he's a guy's guy. Like, this is it. I made it. And so today, Michelle took him to a spa day. And he got his nails done. He got his hair did, everything like that. Nails, mani-pedi. And now, I am somebody that has never gotten a manicure nor a pedicure in my entire life. Not because I am too manly to do that, because I don't believe in such a thing. And if there is such a thing as manly, I'm not it. I can promise you that. Like when people go with, oh, I'm going to take your man card away. You can't take away something I don't have. I don't have that. I don't believe in that crap. (laughs) But this guy, this guy... Had never done it before. And now, Gabe, there are reports, per sources close to me. Per sources. That, 
that he doesn't want to go home and he wants to just live at a spa all day now. That's, that's it. He's done. Forget the sports radio. He's going back into nails and fraud. I think that's what we had with Nuno, our producer here in South Florida. So you've no no, no pedicure for you. This is something. So I'm I, I don't I don't know if uh, uh, we we got to discuss this. I'm I'm a former uh, offensive lineman over at the University of Memphis. I, I used to I used to grab a pedicure probably every single month when I was actually playing because it, it actually helped. You got to go okay, get a, a pedicure. I'm a telling minute, you, Evan, it, it, it is worth minute. it. It is worth it. I'm telling you. It, it, okay. it helps. Me, I need to flip the script here a little bit. Oh, okay. go ahead. That's We're fine. Gonna, yeah, I'm going to now take over this interview. So welcome back to the Gabe Kuhn Show. We are 9290 SBN. Evan Cohen in for Gabe, now joined by Gabe Kuhn. Okay, so Gabe, you played offensive lineman. Explain to me how pedicures helped you on the offensive line. Well, well you, you, here's the thing. You, you build up this... this uh, the uh, what do we call it? Your 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 bottom of your foot gets nice and uh, it gets nasty. Let's be honest. As an offensive lineman, you're stomping around all the time. It gets calloused up. You have to take yeah. care of yourself. It's it's self care once a month, man. You had to make sure you 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 take care of what takes care of you when you're an offensive lineman. Your footsies need a little bit of help, so I had to get them get the calluses off. I had to make sure I felt a little bit a, light, a little bit lighter. I, I got told uh, by some older offensive linemen it helped, and it did. Ultimately, let's be honest. I I, I did it once a month when I was in uh, when I was in college, and I'll tell you, you my think- my now wife my now wife appreciated it because uh, she got to join me, and I would I would handle do it for her. Think, Gabe, Gabe, do you think if you would have done it more, you may have made it to the NFL? Ooh, that's a good question. That's a, if I would have got on the on board quicker, maybe. Who if knows? You did the it's possible. Is Gabe Cohn in the NFL? Right? Oh, it's possible. You know. Also, I think I would have had a, a better chance. I, I, I on my pro day, I, I had I had some uh, some muscle issues. Let's just say I pulled a couple muscles on my pro day. That 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 didn't help either. But uh, mm-hmm. maybe maybe mm-hmm. Evan, it's possible. It is quite possible that if I would have gotten around to the pedicures earlier, I would be in the NFL right now. Wow. But I like where yeah, I'm at. I like the seat. I, but back to the original conversation, I like the seat I'm sitting in right now. I don't I don't mind it. I'll oh, tell I you that. You. I like the seat, too. I sit in it every single morning. It's <laughs> the greatest job in the world. Yeah. You get to talk about pedicures all day. Yes, yes. Now, let's uh, let's go ahead and flip this script again. Welcome back to the Gabe Coon Show. I'm Gabe Coon. Evan <laughs> Cohen's joining. Um, but uh, John Morant's return tonight, man. I know we're excited for it. I know uh, nationally everybody else is excited for it. I, I have to start here because I still get a kick out of it to this day. We have the, the NBA who talked about getting job better and the mental health aspect and really wanting him to, you know, stay out of the limelight so he could uh, uh, sort of manage what was going on off the floor after the Instagram Live videos and brandishing guns and all the run-ins he had a couple of summers ago. Um, And then tonight, as soon as he returns on the road against the Pelicans, what's the game on? It's on TNT. It's their nationally broadcasted game. I still get a kick out of it to this day. That even even with all they talked about, you know, wanting to get him right, as soon as he comes back, it's national news and it's on national TV. Yeah, I, I understand where you're coming from on that. It is a reality show. It is a so Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. 
spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Opera in many ways. What happened with Ja is real life, though. Right. right. So, like, there's two sides of this. The job part of it, he leaves the NBA. The NBA basically exiles him, suspends him to deal with real life stuff. But the moment he comes back, he re-enters into that soap opera, into that drama, right? I'm sure when you're playing in, at Memphis that there are moments where you're like, I have real life stuff going on, but the moment I'm putting on my pads, it's not that I'm forgetting about real life. I have to enter back into the drama and the soap opera that is professional and collegiate sports. So, Gabe, let me ask you this. Let's put you, Gabe Kuhn, as the executive at TNT. Mm-hmm. You have this slate of games tonight. Are you not putting Jaw on that? Oh, of course. <laughs> of course. Of course I am. It's just, it, it is just an interesting message to have on the front end to act as if the middle health and everything, you're trying to get him all this help, and then as soon as he comes back, you're putting him right back into the limelight, that ultimately we could make an argument, Evan, probably got him into a little bit of trouble, right? Like he wasn't necessarily ready for that type of uh, national exposure and that team in general. Like we could make that argument. Um, It's just interesting, right? Well, uh, yeah, no, and I get where you're coming from. And I was thinking about something today. Because obviously I knew I was going to have the opportunity to join you today. And I was thinking about the Jaws situation. I'm thinking about the fact they're 6-19. and 19. Their, their season has been awful. Between Desmond Bain and Jaron Jackson Jr., like not carrying this team to where they need to be without Jaw. And then I had this thought, and maybe this is nuts. But part of me thinks for the long-term success of Ja Morant and the long-term health of Ja Morant and the long-term success of the Memphis Grizzlies, Part of me wonders, Gabe, is this actually a good thing that they're 6-19 and 19 because all he can do is be in a position to help? Because as you know better than I do, for the early portion of Jaws' career, as he was emerging as a superstar in the league, one of the most abnormal, awkward stats 
that anyone had across the league was how successful the Grizzlies were when he was out of the lineup. I Uh understand how good Tyus Jones was for them, but it still made absolutely no sense that you take clearly the best player off of your team and your record is as good or better without him as it is with him. It made no sense to me. Now, no Tyus Jones and obviously no Ja for real-life stuff that's going on. I'm not going to try to read into his mental health, of course. Right. But they stink without him. Now, there's a part of it that not only from a real-life perspective that they're thrilled he's back, from a human perspective they're thrilled he's back, and now all he can come in and do is save the day. Right. There's an argument he's ruined part of their season the last couple of years in terms of the -the off-the-court stuff, that now he can only come in as a hero and not a villain. Right. No, I, I completely understand that. And I also think there's something to be said, and we saw this last year as well, having Ja out of the lineup for some other guys, they have to learn how to pull that chain a little bit harder. Now, they haven't pulled it that hard this year. Again, you mentioned 6-19. and 19. I completely understand that. But Jaron Jackson Jr. is coming off of a couple of 40-point games. Desmond Bain is playing at an all-star level, although he won't be an all-star because we know that the guards, I mean, there's a logjam at guard in the Western Conference, and their team is not any good. But I think there's also that positive that you could look at it, where other guys have had to figure out different roles and, and, and be better players with Ja out of the lineup. Yeah, I think you're right about that, but here's here's the other issue. Not that anyone thought this, but if anyone wondered, could Desmond Bain be the guy? Could Jaron Jackson be the guy? What you saw right. over the last 25-plus games was that you have a maybe second and third best player or maybe third and fourth best player on a championship team, yep. right? And the other thing that you've seen is there's a fine line, like we've seen it with Draymond, between – Crazy good and crazy bad. And what I mean by that is, like, the Dylan Brooks crazy good was crazy was, was good for the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies, the crazy bad was bad for the Grizzlies. But they missed some of that, I think. And John's not going to bring that portion of it back. But what you're going to have is your best player back. And that means your previous best and second best player gets to be second and third or maybe third and fourth one day. As obviously, I still think they have assets to make a move if need be with their picks. And we know that they've offered a ton of picks in the past for a guy like OG Ananobi with Toronto. Mm-hmm. But I think you're going to get the structure of your team back, assuming, and this is a big assumption, that John Morant has learned his lesson. Yeah, assuming he has. Now, where, where, where are we at on that? I mean, I, I heard his presser the other day, and I know that you can win a press guy. We always talk about it with, uh, you know, coaching. In general, whether it's NFL or college football, you can win the press conference. You got to win yeah. the job. You have to make sure that you do the job at the highest of your ability. I, 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 I'm, I'm assuming you heard a little bit of his press conference the yeah, other day. Of course, it was. Yeah. I think previously, um, and you can speak to this. I'm, I'm not going to put words in your mouth. I think previously we saw sort of whether it was the conversation he had with Jalen Rose last year or how he discussed the Pacers incident where um, there was the the supposed red dot on some Pacers players because they got into it with Jaws people. Um, There there seemed to be a lack of remorse in some of these interviews. I didn't see that in the interview um, or or the press availability he had the other day. Well, I also think it was good that he mentioned his family. Right. Because I think there's been a lot of conversation probably on 92.9 more than anywhere else yep. about the team Morant factor, right? His dad, what is the role? You probably have had the conversations about the idea of a father figure in someone's life, right? Not just that father figure, like 
is your job to be your son or daughter's friend? Is it to be your son, your, your child's positive influence? The, the role, like what is the role of a parent? And I know that is much deeper than a basketball conversation. Of course. But I do feel like the John Morant situation went there, right? Because T. Morant's dad was on the sideline proud of his son. Like I can't fault him for being proud of his son, but he's his son, not his friend, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm not here to judge the parenting, but I do think John Morant brought it up in terms of judging a little bit, because he brought up his family and some of the things going on. And there's also been a numerous incidents. Like, I forgot until you just brought it up about the whole Pacers thing. Not that I didn't know what happened, but, like, when we're thinking about all these different things. So I'm not going to sit here and guess as to what we're going to see from John Morant. I am just a big believer. And Nick Saban, who I, I, I think is obviously the greatest college football coach of my lifetime, says something like this all the time. He says, a punishment or a penalty has to make sure that change is made. It can't just be, I have two kids. Like, okay, you're playing on your iPad too long, go to your room. That doesn't mean you're not going to play on your iPad too long tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I, as a parent, have to figure out a way of penalizing or punishing a kid that breaks a rule that would impact change and alter behavior the next time. That we are hoping, as a basketball society, and everyone in Memphis is hoping specifically, and I'm 92.9, that the 25 games garners change. But if you can sit here before this game tonight against New Orleans and assume because of a press conference and a suspension that change will be had, you're nuts. Yeah, We've got to see actions louder than words. And he did mention that. He did mention that, and I'm glad to hear that. But those are just words. Those are just words. You have to see, you right. have to see the actions follow it. You, you just really do. Um, now, the Grizzlies are 6-19 and right now. I uh, I know that there's a lot of people in this fan base, and, and this is just the truth of it, um, with where they have been and where this team has been the last two years, second in the Western Conference, 50-plus wins. People are still holding out hope for play-in and potentially playing themselves into the playoffs. I said yesterday, and I've been saying all week, I don't think success is measured by that at this point. I think success is measured by finding your swagger again, getting job back involved, getting everybody on the same page, having fun, because that's ultimately what this team did the last two years, why they were so successful. They loved on each other, and they had fun along the way. How do you measure success for the rest of the season with John Morant in the lineup for this Grizzlies team? All right, I'm going to answer your question, but I want to I want to piggyback on what you just said because it's a great point by you. We had Udonis Haslam on this morning on Unsportsmanlike here on 92.9 on ESPN Radio and ESPN2. And Udonis Haslam was a three-time NBA champion with the Miami Heat. To be candid, I root for the Miami Heat. I love Udonis Haslam, so I am right. biased in his favor. But I asked him specifically about the Jaws situation. And he said what you said. He said, I need to see moments off the court of camaraderie, of friendship, of fun, of unification. Like, he, and he, he's been through everything that. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.